Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. This morning, we're going to share on Let Me Wash Your Feet. This was a statement by Jesus Christ. Let me wash your feet. And we're going to begin today from Luke chapter 12, verse 35 to 40. Be dressed for service. This is the New Living Translation. It's one new translation I've been finding enjoyment in recently. I know how from time to time you run into a translation and you're like, this translation is not bad. I could be using it. So <laughs> normally I'm a New King James kind of guy because, uh, yeah, but I'm finding some joy in the New Living Translation recently. So I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. Luke chapter 12 is 35 to 40. As though you are waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in at the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth. He himself will sit them, put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn. But whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are... Oh my goodness. Um, uh, verse 38. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn. But whenever he comes, he will re reward the servants who are ready. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. Yesterday when we were praying, we shared this scripture. And I was like, imagine if as a homeowner, you know when the thief was coming. You have an assault rifle 15 sitting in the chair. And as the guy breaks, he says, yes. Are you ready? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like the readiness just takes anybody unaware. You not allow your house to be broken into. In fact, before the guy is scratching outside, you're like, who is there? You look down, see somebody off to no good. You, you aim. Boom. Well, Nigerians, we don't have ammunition license. But Americans will understand what I mean. <laughs> to my American brothers. <laughs> you see, you must also, verse 40, you must also be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. The Son of Man will come when least expected. The Son of Man will come when least expected. So, the verse we're taking out of here is verse 17. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. There's a reward for readiness. The master will sit them, put on an apron, and he will what? Serve them. Yeah. This was the practice of preparing arriving guests in the Jewish society, which came out of the pragmatic needs of Arab, Bedouin, and Mediterranean culture, to clean people into the home so they can sit in mats together because they sit very close to the floor. So when people come, they wash their feet. And this is what Wikipedia says. Wikipedia says it's a Mediterranean and Arab or Bedouin culture and a culture of ancient Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia, the ancient Near East. So we wrote a poem to put up this message on Instagram. Here's the poem. May I wash and oil your feet. May I serve you. 
You have so much worth to me. I love you even in your struggles. You've labored long and hard. Toil is scratched on your weary souls. That's how I call you to me. I want to serve you God's healing love. Now you're clean by my words. I call you to go and wash others, oil their feet, anoint their heads. You want to be great? Yes, then serve. Be like me. The other place in the first place in the Bible where we see the culture of washing of feet was in the story of Abigail, the widow of how many of you know the Abigail, the widow of who? Nabal, the wife who became eventually the wife of David. As a mark of humility in 1 Samuel 25, verse 41, she bowed down with her face to the ground and said to David, I am your servant. I'm ready to serve you and wash the feet of my master's servants. Part of service is actually down to washing of feet. And I know that many Many people have turned this into a religious routine in some churches where the pastor comes every week and washes people's feet. As a reminder, it's a great thing, but I don't think that's actually what God really requires, that we every Wednesday will do washing of feet. All of you will line up and begin to wash your pedicure. <laughs> that, that's, that's not what the Bible requires. Let me give you an example. I used to live in VGC, um, and there was a guy who worked in our home. His name is Vrutem. He's from Plateau State. This guy worked with us for many years. I'm sure, as I'm saying this, some of you are seeing staff in your home, and people who work in your parents' home, you're having that recognition of someone like that. He stood by my family. He sorted out the children. As my daughters grew, when we needed a guy to go with them to the park at the back, he would be the one. Even though the nannies would be there, his backup guy. He turned on the generator. He, re he refilled the gas. He had the gate. He washed the cars. He's, he's always cleaning. You know, I actually taught him how to be a laundryman. I taught him how to iron so that he can make more money. I actually had to give him a skill so that he can make more money. I actually personally taught him how to iron. I told him, don't burn this. Use a towel here. Just teaching him how to get something that he will use to earn extra money. And even when I gave him my own personal ironing, I was paying him in addition to his security guard for ironing. We all have that guy around us. Some guy who serves us, who is diligent, and some nights, right, I'm coming back at 2 a.m. because as a pastor then, uh, as a pastor then, even as now, the pastoral work is actually intense. And sometimes I'm coming from separating fights at 2 a.m. Literally, it happens even now, you know. Just talking for four hours and all the talk is getting poured into the ground. <laughs> because everybody is so agitated at those moments, you know. But you have to be the voice of God to hold ground. Because I see that many pastors don't even pastor. Because they just 
pour the word of God onto you guys. Take what you can and go away. If it works, fine. If it doesn't work, fine. You are, and today everybody don't want nobody to invade in their personal space in any case. So it's fine. But when I come back at 2 a.m., just a little tap on the horn, Ruta is awake. Sometimes in the rain, Rutem will be running to the gate. I'll see him from outside running to the gate in the rain. And I'm wondering, what would someone ever pay me to be this guy? Knowing that there's no difference really between me and Rutem. The only difference, the kind of clothes I wear, the only difference is the education I have, the only difference the people I talk to. But stripped down to our nakedness, we're the same. And sometimes when I see these guys serve me, it moves me to tears how diligent the guy is. And one day, Rutem was ill. So I went to his room and discovered, you know that small hut in the front of the house where the security guards live with a, well, I don't know, is this six by four mattress stretched on the ground? three by six, yeah, on the ground by the side. Just seeing this guy, my heart just broke. I'm wondering, like, what can I do for this guy? That day, I know I may not change his life, but I decided I'm going to do something for Ruta. I said, Ruta, come with me. He came with me. I told him to sit in my special, you know, the chair in the house where you don't allow your servants normally to sit. I sat him there, and I asked the other helper in the house, to bring him food. He was so squeamish just to be there. He was so squeamish just to be there. I could see his inconvenience. He wanted to, this. I said, no, stop, eat. And he ate. I put him in the car and took him to the hospital and brought him back home. It was my day to take care of Rutem. Rutem took care of us every day, in the night, in the day. Do you know, this actually is what hits me about the love of God, is value. And that's actually the core of the message I teach and preach, that if we don't see value in people, if we don't see value in souls, if we don't see value in men creating in the image and the likeness of God, let's stop preaching. Let's stop. Let's stop everything we're doing. The end result of everything we're doing is value. That God had worth for a human being. That God saw a human being lost in the world and God had this mind that I'm going to go and redeem man. The end result of your faith is value. But the Bible says, because in the last days iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. We don't know that in our heading in, in our protecting ourselves, in our fencing, in our forming, in our all of these things, we have been conditioned by love waxed cold. We don't realize how much 
We don't want to go one step for nobody. Everybody's doing their own thing. Everybody's selfish. Everybody's thinking about themselves. And when people do things for any other person, they say, you know, you owe me. Oh, I was speaking to someone that says, oh, like, oh, go and meet this person. I said, okay. Do you think the person asked me, say, yeah, he owes me a favor. He owes me. He owes me a favor. I did something for him. So now it's responsibility time. It's time for you, for him to pay back. Can you do things for people and they don't owe you nothing? The Britannica describes washing of feet as an act of hospitality by those in the ancient Near East. In those days in Palestine, they traveled by road, mixed with camels and donkeys and horses and bulls. Every home had a lowly servant as the washerman. After travels, you know you're traveling with horses, donkeys, and camels. Your feet is sort of like a little perfumed, if you know what I mean. Uh, Pastor Fred Williams said his, your feet will be fruity. <laughs> it's fruity. <laughs> Sometimes your feet is grimy on a rainy day. The lowliest man in the house will be the one to do this job. They have the servant who actually washes the feet. Jesus took the towel one day. You know, one of the things that strike me when I go to the house of important people is how everybody behaves around them. I have a lot of friends who are important. Either minister, you know, governor, ex-governor. I have some friends like that. And this church, we also have one friend who is just becoming a king, right? You, you know. And when I go to the house and around this place, see how people behave around them. I actually sit down and watch. You know what everybody's trying to do? To be impressive. To be impressive. <laughs> God, should I say it? <laughs> it's going to cut deep, so I'm not going to say it. But what you use is a message if it doesn't cut deep. <laughs> People try to be impressive, try to say important things, try to bring a prophetic word that paid them attention. And they always say, man's gift will make room for him. It's true. But the engineering of your gift is not the will of God. The engineering of your gift is not the will of God. It's not. Let it be spontaneous. Let you be moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, speak. You even fight yourself. Every man of God in the Bible, when God says to them, go. They never jump and go. Jeremiah says, I'm a child. You want me to talk? Moses, I'm a stammerer. Paul said, 
me, who am the least of the apostles. The Bible says, no man yet takes this honor upon himself. The Bible says, woe to you teachers, your punishment will be bigger. So, it's with trembling hands that I stand every day. If you see me, if I preach, I run to the toilet, I come back, I'm shaking. Knowing that for some people, this is actually literally their last opportunity. I was telling yesterday about a guy who came to this church once. And the next Wednesday, he was dead. And I'm wondering, like, did I say everything I was supposed to say? Knowing this guy died by wrecking his car, driving drunk. Was there something I was supposed to say to stop this man from death? Was there an opportunity, opportunity for me to deliver the word of God with such deliberateness to stop him? Was it his last warning? Can I justify myself and say I've done my own part? Honestly, that's actually what we should care about. Rather than trying to be impressive, uh, trying to, most times, when I go to pastoral meetings, guess what I do? I keep quiet. Everybody knows. In those meetings, everybody knows. Me. I don't know anything. Oh. <laughs> In those places where everybody knows, you're better if you keep quiet. <laughs> this is not a strategy to succeed in Lagos. In Lagos, make an entrance. In Lagos, come with bodyguard. I've gone to so many meetings, even last week, they bounced me from the front. Usher, another usher who recognized me, took me all the way to the front. The person said, oh, no, no, this seat I reserved. Bounced me from the front. I went and sat in the back. Then the person who is doing the event starts calling me, begging me to come to the front. I'm like, why are you guys making a scene? Let me sit here. I'm okay here. I'm not even the preacher. I don't have to sit in front. I don't have to sit in front nowhere. I don't have to. Even if wherever I sit, can't I come from there and preach? Can I tell you guys something? Men have put promotion. Jesus says, because you take the honor from one another, you reject the honor that comes from above. In demanding honor from ourselves, we have left the honor that comes from God. Thank God we're not like that in this church. See front row, empty. We have to beg people, I beg, come and sit in the front. I beg, come and sit in the front. <laughs> anyway, please, we're we overdoing our own. Come and sit in the front. <laughs> Let's read the second scripture. John chapter 13, verse 3 to 17. This is a long read. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he came from God and was going to God, rose up from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and guarded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet with a towel which he had girded. Then he said to Simon Peter, 
Then he came to Simon Peter and Simon Peter said to him, Lord, you, are you washing my feet? Jesus said to him, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. <laughs> I love Peter. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said, he who has already showered doesn't need to wash his feet, only needs to wash his feet because he is completely clean. But you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew he would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. Peter was following Jesus Christ. He was already clean, but he was not all clean. Jesus knew where the uncleanness remained in Peter. And Jesus said to him, except I wash you, you have no part in me. Peter said, wash all of me. Peter said to him, wash all of me. <laughs> so when he had washed their feet, verse 12, taking his garments, he sat down again and he said to them, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you say, well, for so far, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I said to you, the servant is not greater than his master, nor he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. An old song says, I will serve you because I love you. You have given life to me. I was nothing until you found me. You have given life to me. Let's sing it together. I will serve you because I love you. I will serve you because I love you. You have given life to me. I was nothing until you found me. You have given life to me. Our society teaches us to be a slave to no one. To never be used by anyone. To never serve. To come into the room and speak with an important tone. And to stand and speak big things. We glorify crude people. People who are bravado. We glorify them. 
We vilify those who are able to hold back emotions. We make them look as if they are broken and wimpy because they hold back emotions. Let's be honest. Which one is easier? To hold back your emotions or to say everything you want to say? Which one is more hard? To hold back is more hard. Let's be honest. To hold back is more hard. It's easy for you to say anything you want to say and say, this is how I am. This is how I am. Take it from me. This is how I am. You have to like all of me. No, 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 no. Hold it back. Hold it back. We glorify the people who are crude, uncouth, untrained, unwise. We have a culture of decent and glorifying the horrible people. While the people who deserve honor will look down on them, the people who say nothing, the people who are meek. Two pastors were sitting and talking about me. Said Pastor Moses. They were laughing. Ha ha ha. He's so simple. That thing entered me like a dagger. And they were laughing. He's so simple. You know what they mean? He's so stupid. So gullible. Because I will look at any human being as a human being. I will honor anyone from the security guard to the most important person in the room. You're not more important because you wear more important clothes or your clothes are more expensive. You're not. Let's, let's make the gospel the gospel. A soul is a soul, whether it's a soul in Kafanchan, or whether it's a soul in Damaturu, or whether it's a soul in Lagos, or a soul in New York. A soul is a soul. People say pastors are very corrupt. I'm saying, name the pastors. Do you know you can name the corrupt pastors? In this town, there will be 20 of them. Very popular. They are businessmen. They are not really pastors. But you want them to be pastors. So you actually keep saying the pastors, the pastors have done this, the pastors have done this. I don't think these people are pastors. The people people call pastors, I don't think they are pastors. I think they are entrepreneurs who are using the name of God as a commercial venture. They are pastors in Kafanchan. They are pastors. There's a guy called uh, Jonah Ida Ada. Jonah Ada. In Adamawa State, built a school for people whose parents have been killed in the middle of Fulani land at the border in Taraba State. Christian guy, Igbo guy, I think Justin Ada, they killed him. The militants came and killed him. Guess what happened? His wife, Ngozi, took over the school and continued. They are pastors. Are we talking about them? Why do you want to talk about the ones in the city? You don't talk about the ones who are dying in God's name. The Baptist church pastor in Kaduna was slaughtered in the midst of his children. Caught in the neck. We don't talk about those ones. The ones we will talk about prominence. Because they are using marketing gimmicks. And the church loves marketing. We love that positioning. Don't we have the presence of God? Why is this place not full? Because it will place a demand on you. If you come here, there will be a demand on you to run towards righteousness. Are there no churches full in Lagos? They are telling everybody, do anything. But now I'm going to sit and say, this is what God requires of you. If you come here, sit down. Let's journey. Let's journey towards God. You must find that God. Maybe it's God you were looking for when you left your house to come to church. You will find that God. 
that's what church is supposed to be about. You're supposed to come with an anticipation. I don't want to run towards God. But people come here and hedge and wait and are judging us with the same eyes. You stay for one year. Can't you see that we're not changing? The message is not changing. This is it. We've been taught how to dump people who are disagreeable. We've been taught how to embrace people who don't know anything but claim to know. But that's not to say that we shouldn't have consideration for the, hum, for the broken. Everything I said is not to say that people who are broken, we should kick them out. Don't forget, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the exact opposite. The, peop, the Bible says the parts of our body that are dishonorable, we cover. We cover them. We give them grace. You know how there are people around us who are not wise. You give them hint, don't get the hint. You're sitting inside the room with them, you're saying to them, you're making too much noise. You know, I'm that kind of person. Sometimes I don't get the hint. I'm so happy on the phone. Hello! At <laughs> I would say, knock it off. <laughs> You're telling me something quietly so that I will... Just, I say, eh, you want me to, like, no, I don't want you to say it out. <laughs> you know how we discard those kind of people, walk away from them? Those people who slap their steps. Those who slam the door when they close the door. Those people around us who have, without social grace, without courtesy. Those people who act like they know everything and nobody can teach them a thing. We try to toss away we human beings. Let's go into the nanny issues. How many people in Lagos, their nanny is their main problem. They come on social media and start complaining about their nanny. Like, I, thank you. Like I paid her. I'm like, how much did you pay her? You understand? Oh, she's so saucy. She's so this, like... She's so, ah, she's so dirty, she's so scattered. You think if she knows what you know, she'll be your nanny. Do you guys understand? How come the person who came to help you is your biggest problem on earth? You claim you love God, but this lowly person who works for you, treat them like shit. So, honestly, this is actually a practical message today. Jesus came to those people who did not look like they had anything. And when we see human beings who are broken, we want to toss them away. When we see people who are not like us, when we see people who don't agree with us, we want to just block them. You know, last week I was talking about block. Save them the block. They are toxic, say block. Uh, you guys are not talking now. They are toxic, you say what? They are annoying. They talk back at you. They come on your Instagram and say foolish things. You save them the block. Block, block, block them. 
But that's not what Jesus said. Honestly, so many people have said to me, this person around you is not worthy. It's not the right kind of person, Pastor Mo. You should know that this person is not the kind of person that you should be talking to. And you know why I ask some people? If I don't talk to them, who will? And also show me the ash trip from where broken human beings are thrown into. Show me that place where we dump the people who, are, who nobody wants. Because everybody wants the significant people. Everybody wants the people who look well, talk nice, are super cool. In fact, the example I gave the other time, pastors were even preach and said, you know, I'm an ego. <laughs> I don't roll with chickens. If you really want to be a man of God, don't roll with chickens. Eagles soar. <laughs> Say amen. <laughs> if I preach that message, you know it's going to be hot. <laughs> eagles fly high. Come to the place where the eagles meet. Eagles meet. <laughs> eagles meet conference. You are going higher this year. Say amen. amen. You are soaring with the eagles. Don't hang with the chickens. Honestly, Jesus was an eagle and you are the chicken. If Jesus didn't hang with you, what's the hope of your life? And if all of us who are eagles hung around eagles, who make the chickens something else better than chickens? Exactly the point of Christianity that Jesus was trying to prove. Everyone wants to seize the limelight, no one wants to serve in silence. Even those who say want to give terms and conditions. Can you put this table to this side? Move this table to this side. Thank you. Move it a little in. Even when we gather together as a church, people want to give terms and conditions. Yeah? This is how I want to be treated. This is how, this is how, do you understand? This is how, you guys understand. This is how, you know, this department has to be like this for me to come and serve. You know, it's not my thing. It's not my thing. You have to do this, you have to do this. Like really, like really, the Son of God, on the most important day, the day of the feast, they had traveled far, and no one wanted to do the lowliest job. So Jesus did it. 
who is going to volunteer for me to wash their feet? Okay, come. Put your hands together for her. So what did Jesus do? And the son of man took out his nice garment among his disciples and decided that he was going to do something different from what every important person does. And he began to teach them a lesson that day. He says, come, sit down. Peter said, Master, I can't let you wash me. He says, I know where you are dirty. Let me wash you. Peter said, wash my whole body. He says, no, I know where you are dirty. And Jesus was washing his feet. Do you know the importance of feet? Feet is what takes you to where you are not supposed to go to. Most of the things God washes us from is the things that we walk into which we are not supposed to walk into. After we've been saved, we walk into things we're not supposed to walk into. That is why where God must wash must be our feet. He knows exactly what is missing inside of you. You are a prayer warrior, he knows. You are a wonderful woman, he knows. But he also knows what's missing. And he went on his knees and began to wash her feet. where the dead remains in your world. I know the things that are not yet fully clean. I know the things that are not fully ready yet. And my wash in you is to make you ready for the master. Is to make you ready. You have value. You have worth. That's why I am washing you. I'm washing you not because you're not valuable, but because you are. And I will use you to model to the world what redemption looks like. That even though you may feel broken, but yet I love you. You are valuable to me. So I will wash you and I will anoint your feet with oil. You're worthy. You're worth it. You're redeemable. You're beautiful to me. Your feet will go to the places of righteousness. Now your feet have been made clean. Now you've been washed by the washing of the water by the word. Because I value you, I put my hands on you. And my hands, the water that washes you, makes you clean. My blood makes you clean. My word makes you clean. Because you are valuable to me the whole concept of Christianity is about value the whole concept of our serving God is about value 
is that broken men have value is that broken women have value is that hurting people have value is that injured people have value is that confused people have value is that people who are not like us have value is that people who are small have value is that people from everywhere have value there is a new christianity that is just about positioning and speaking heavy words and talking about mighty things in the heavenlies but when Jesus came, he spoke simple words. He did simple things. He bent himself down, reduced himself to the form of a servant and washed the feet. Many, many of us now cannot allow Jesus to wash us. We're like Peter and Jesus is asking us, may I wash your feet? May I cleanse you? Will you allow me to invade you? Will you allow me to come to the place where there is a missing gap will you allow me to come to the place where there is a missing gap and I will wash you and anoint you with perfume and spray the oil on you and what I love I make beautiful and my darling you're beautiful you're beautiful you're beautiful and even in reality, if there be any space between where you are and where God wants you to be, we accelerate that step in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, things like this are never accidental. God knows the person who this is for. God knows the person who this washing is for. So there's a reason why God is washing you, ma. There's a reason why God is washing you, Ellen. He knows your name specifically. He knows where you are walking and he knows the things that don't align. And Jesus said to his disciples at the end, it was a sermon time. It was a time of a point. Please sit still there still. He said, if I am the master and I washed your feet and anointed your feet, what should you do? go and do the same so who wants their feet washed anyone else wants their feet washed Zach come guess who the washer is <laughs> and he will dress you with apron the son of man came to serve after dinner he who had all the power of the assignment at that time he set out to teach an important lesson if I do not wash your feet you have no part in me if I don't fellowship with you are we really friends if we don't sit down to tea are we really friends if you've never invited me to tea, honestly, ask yourself, are we really friends? Honestly. There cannot be Christianity of carrying water and splashing on the crowd. Today's Christianity is bottle to bottle. You carry one bottle, use it to refill the next. Use it to refill the next. We may sit in a church together, but guess what? We begin to fellowship when we begin to fellowship. Jesus took each one of them 
and wash their individual feet. May I wash your feet? He asked them. May I wash your feet? Today, the question is for you. May I wash your feet? Answer to the Lord. Answer to the Lord. Don't answer quietly. May I wash your feet? 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 May, may I come behind the crevices of what is imperfect? May I come behind the walls that you built up? May I come behind the obstacles you laid before people so that people cannot see your imperfection? May I come behind the stories that you don't want to tell no one? May I come and wash your feet? You know the places where your legs are walking to is not the place I have approved. Can I wash your feet? Can I make you real? Can I make you the epitome of cleansing and righteousness? Can I anoint your feet? Can I make you ready for my kingdom? Hallelujah. This is the message of the kingdom. And we all like deep messages. But the message of the gospel is very simple. The problem is, can we do it? In fact, the problem is difficult. The difficulty is whether we can do it. It's not that we don't understand the message. Very simple. I came to you because peace, you have value. You are valuable. So whenever I see any message that is putting people down, guess what? I know that that's not the message of God. Even in the Old Testament, God is saying, woe to you, woe to you, woe to you. Then he ends that place. Nevertheless, a remnant will come. Because the idea in the heart of God is not really that woe. The idea in his heart is to actually, those I love, I correct ahead of time. So that they will not run into the wrong direction. The idea is really redemption. You have value. Say, I have value. I didn't hear you. Say, I have value. Say it again, I have value. If it was only you in the world, Jesus would have still died for you. Take the word of God and go and do it to the list of the people in your world. You're, this week, you're going to meet many people. Wash their feet. You know that you don't have to carry water and soap before you wash their feet. This is figurative. There are many ways to wash people's feet. Speak kindly. How many of you have been in that place where you were ignorant and somebody kindly put you right? What a blessing it was. Do you understand? You said something wrong and somebody just covered you and said, I nudged you and said, come, let me show you. And it's so nicely. You were blessed by the correction. That's actually washing feet. Because we all can out people. <laughs> We all can spill. Like, no, I don't used to, I don't used to tolerate rubbish. I don't used to dignify rubbish. <laughs> wash feet. Wash feet. The master washed feet and left us an example. How many of you want to wash people's feet this morning? You want to make a pledge to wash feet, to serve people. Everywhere you go, you want to make a pledge to be the light of God. You want to make the pledge to be the salt of the earth. 
You want to make a pledge to follow the master. So that everywhere you go, people will see the master. The brokenness of the world is exacerbated by Christians who are not like Christ. And today, as you lift up your hands, I commission you with the grace of God, with the capacity, with the sensitivity of the Spirit to go out and bless. Everywhere you go, blessing has come. Everywhere you go, hope has arrived. Everywhere you go, peace and reconciliation opens the door. Everywhere you go, the grace and the benefit of those who know God have come. I release upon you the grace to heal, to restore the broken, to rebuild the fallen. I release upon you the grace to walk with your feet shod with the gospel of salvation. Your feet will be covered with the gospel. Everywhere you go, your feet will bring good news. The Bible says, how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of them who bring good tidings. You will be a carrier of good news for the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 